بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على اله وصحبه اجمعين دير برد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته الحمد لله the only one deserves to be thanked in every occasion the one who has given us everything we have الله تبارك وتعالى the almighty the one who made all graces that a human being could have really deserve to be thanked every kind of thank as Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say la uhsi thanaan alayk I cannot count how much I am supposed to thank you first of all let me apologize for last week I had some hard excuse I would say I couldn't come for the dirt so, so jazakumullah khair excuse me for that Tonight, inshallah, we're going to discuss the case of Anushra. Anushra means how to cure a person who is affected by magic. And that's really very important point, very important subject that, that a Muslim really should discuss and think about. Why? Because lots of people, unfortunately, they will use incorrect ways to cure the person who is affected by magic or other devilish actions. They, took him, they take him usually to another magician or to people who they think they are good but actually they are acting like good but inside they are devil people. They are using jinn, devil jinns and so on. So what is the correct way that mentioned by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to deal with the case of magic. First of all, let's remember the story which happened to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he was affected by magic by a Jew named Labid ibn al-A'asam. And that's of course incorrect hadith mentioned by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and narrated by Sahaba. And we know that that has only happened because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to show us how to deal with these things the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the way that Allah likes subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll see this inshallah during the dars, hopefully. In the beginning we should say, al-nushra, or curing from this devilish actions like magic and so on, usually in two ways. This is in two ways usually. Whether it's by shaitan, by magic itself. And that I will see inshallah in the hadith, it is a devilish way to do it. It is the shaitan way to do it. And the other one, the other way to cure a person from magic or the effect of magic is to use Quran, Sunnah, Dua. This is called Ruqyah. To make ruqya on a person who is affected by the magic in this way, it means that he is going, inshallah, to be cured. We have to be careful that some people may say, going to a magician once will break down the magic. But using ruqya or Quran or hadith or dua may take a long time. True? That could happen also. That could happen. 
But we have to bring it in mind when we come to the decisions to say that curing the magic by another magician is another polytheism. As Allah mentioned in the Holy Book, subhanahu wa ta'ala, about these two angels, وَمَا يُعَلِّمَانِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ حَتَّى يَقُولَ إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ فِتْنَةٌ فَلَا تَكْفُرُ Using magic, using the devil jinns, in this case, it means the person is falling along with the magician. Both of them are falling into polytheism, which is excluding the person from Islam. So in this case, it is not allowed at all. While the other one, which is Ruqiyah, reciting Quran, Hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Dua to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, this way is itself is a worshipping. A person who is doing this now, he is worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by reciting Quran and Sunnah and by making dua to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Like if a person have another sickness, what he will do? He will call Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, he will recite Quran himself, he will recite Hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and he will use medicine. But medicine is allowed in here. So in this case now, the second one, which is allowed, as it is also worshipping. Part of it also is to use the regular medicine. If it's possible to use regular medicine, which is allowed, fine. But to use shirk, this is the first one. To use devil jinns or magicians is the first one, which is kufr. Let's see this through the hadith of Muhammad wasallam or the hadith we have tonight. Inshallah, they are about five hadiths. The first hadith is Jabir radiallahu anhu, one of the Sahaba, Jabir ibn Abdullah ibn Amr, Jabir ibn Abdullah ibn Haram al-Ansai radiallahu anhu, both he, Jabir, and his father, Abdullah, both of them were Sahaba. And his father, Abdullah, was killed in Uhud battle as a shaheed. And subhanAllah, after 40 years of Uhud battle, Jabir was alive. There was a big flood, a lot of water, rain came to Medina, and the flood came to the graves of Sahaba in Uhud. So Jabir came and running to see if his father's grave is affected, and he found his father's grave is moved, and he found his father as he was killed 40 years ago. Not a single piece is moved or changed. The same body. Because we know that Shaheed is not, the earth is not allowed to destroy the body of Shaheed. Of course, Muhammad and the messengers are not allowed, of course, as the Hadith of Muhammad that the earth cannot touch the bodies of the messengers and prophets of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. So, Jabir said that Rasulullah was asked about an Nushra. An Nushra, as we said, to cure magic. To cure magic. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Mirkufar he said, is that it is from shaitan acts. Innaha, or hiya, min amal shaitan. Now, we said in the beginning, it's two types. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi is talking about the type which is the first one. Using the magic to cure a person who is affected by magic. So it is an act of shaitan. An act of shaitan. An act of shaitan is not ibadah, of course. And it's not allowed even. It is polytheism as we see. This hadith is narrated by Imam Ahmad and uh, Abu Dawood and also Al-Albani rahimahullah said it is correct. Uh, also Imam Ahmad rahimahullah was asked about it, about using the Nushrah which is by magic. He said Ibn Mas'ud, one of the Sahaba of course as you know, 
hate all of this or dislike all of this. And dislike for Sahaba, known as it is forbidden. It is forbidden. Uh, Bukhari narrated that Qatada radiallahu anh asked Ibn Musayyib. Ibn Musayyib one of the yani, uh, senior tabi'in. He said that a man is affected by magic or he is stopped from taking his, bed to, his wife to bed. That's because of magic, of course. And that's happening, as you know, as far as we mentioned before. He said, is it allowed for him to use Nishrah? Yani to go. To use Nishrah in here, he did not mean to go to a magician, by the way. That's why his answer in here, it's okay. He said, it's okay. Yes, go ahead. No problem in that. It is good thing to be done and it's allowed. Which one of the tiles you mentioned he's talking about? The second one, which is allowed by Quran, by medicines, by so on, it's okay. But not, he's, he's not mentioning, of course, it doesn't mean the other one, which is the polyvism. Ibn Musayyib will not, of course, he's one of the senior tabi'in, he will not allow magic to be used. Although some people misunderstand this hadith. Some people misunderstand this hadith, they thought it is okay to cure or solve magic from a person by any way, by any way, even if it's by magic. And that's of course incorrect understanding. Al-Hasan, that's Al-Hasan al-Basri, one of the senior also, senior tabi'in, he said, uh, magic will not be resolved or cured except by a magician. That means he is talking about the, uh, the first type of nushra, which is to use magic to cure a person who is affected by magic. Then Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah gave us a very short summary for this hadith and uh, words by the tabi'i. He said, rahimahullah, nushra is to solve magic from the person who is affected by ma- magic. And it's two types. The first one, by magic, same way, and that's from shaitan, or shaitan act. And the other one, and that's what Al-Hasan is talking about when he said, it is not allowed. The other one is to use ruqya, Quran, ta'awudat. That is, of course, allowed and required even. These are the hadith which is mentioned in this tonight, inshallah. Let me go back again to discuss the case of Nushra from the other way. We are supposed to talk about other angle. When a mu'min hangs his heart to Allah wa ta'ala, both his dependence on Allah wa ta'ala, rely on Allah wa ta'ala, then he is really going to be protected by Allah wa ta'ala. And relying on Allah wa ta'ala is not just a theory in the heart or words we say. To rely on Allah wa ta'ala means to obey him and do our best to do whatever he told us to do. Whatever Muhammad told us to do. And to do or to stop or refrain from what he told us not to do. Then we can rely on him. Then he will protect us subhanahu wa ta'ala. You remember the hadith which is narrated by Abi Dhar when he was walking with Muhammad in a dark night outside of Medina 
سو محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أبا ذر سي أو قل أبو ذر بنت نوة سي سو محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أبا ذر قل بنت سي أنيثي بنت نوة سي عند ذلك الطائم يسيد يا رسول الله وش لا سي سو محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم قل هو الله أحد قل أعوذ برب الفلق قل أعوذ برب الناس ثلاث مرات حين تصبح وحين تمتي تكفيك من كل شيء If you say قل هو الله أحد ثلاث times in the morning أنا من ذهنك أيفنك أنا قل أعوذ برب الفلق ذا السيم قل أعوذ برب الناس ذا السيم three times in the morning and the evening will protect you from everything who's guaranteeing that محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم the one who does not say from his own وما ينطق عن الهوى إن هو إلا وحي يوحى وحي from الله back to the case of Quran and Sunnah again to say that حديث محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم is another وحي Another whisper is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, but it is by the words of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. While Quran, it is another wahi, it is the first wahi, but it is both words and meanings from Allah. Quran, both words and meanings from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Hadith, meaning from Allah, words from Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So both of them are from Allah. Originally from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. In this case, now when Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told Abu Zar, to say قل هو الله واحد قل اعوذ بالفلق قل اعوذ بالناس three times each each one in in the morning and in the evening and he he guaranteed for him and he told him that this will protect him then we are 100% sure we have a certain dogma that what he said for some is true but what if someone says this and he is not protected we tell him that the way you use it is incorrect what Allah said what Muhammad said is true and no doubt It's the case now how we say it. Because some people, you can't see them, they pray, but they do not know what they pray. They get to the Imam Allahu Akbar, then they travel. Far away. Maybe they make a lot of projects, or think of a lot of things around, the children, the car, the house, back home, and... They are astonished when the Imam says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. They didn't know what this. That's why <coughs> you will see a lot of times, that happens even to me, I have seen it myself. Imam sometimes prays the Isha three rak'ah only. And nobody says, Subhanallah. Everybody is traveling. That's my body, of course. But the mind. So how do we expect this Salah to be accepted? How? If we, if one of us is in front of our manager, a manager in a company, and, and the, the, we, I am employee in front of him, I'm coming to talk to him, I'm just talking to him and I'm far away from him. How is he going to accept what I say? How am I supposed to be in front of my manager? Full intention, full attention, try to understand what he says, try to say what, what he understands also. That's in front of a human being. What about Allah wa ta'ala? And the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi the meaning of the hadith, that when the slave stands in front of Allah in salah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come to him by his face, subhanahu wa ta'ala. As long as the slave is really worshipping Allah with full attention, when his mind goes away, Allah leaves him alone. Salah. No, no use. Yes, he's not going to be punished because he's not praying. He prayed already. But his salah will not really give him much. That's why Muhammad sallallahu alayhi said in the hadith, that a person will pray, he will gain from his salah third, one third, one fourth, 
1.5 only. Maybe less. 10% maybe. Maybe less. Why? As much as his heart is there, as much as he is attending what he's saying, What's the use if I see someone thinks that I do not believe or I do not think of? Just say this, say words. You person, as a human being, you understand and you feel when you talk to someone who is talking to you with emotions or he's talking to you just for of it. You feel that he's not speaking to you the, uh, the, the correct way. He's just saying words. It's just to finish. We are trying to finish the Salah, that's all. It's not the case, we are trying to enjoy the Salah. And Salah is only an example, I'm not talking about this one Ibadah, it's just only an example. Talk about fasting, talk about going to Hajj, go to, so many things. But Salah is, we are doing daily, five times at least. So it's a good example to think of. Lots of people, they do the Salah just to get rid of Salah. So they will not be punished because they did not pray. By Allah wa ta'ala. While they are not really benefiting the salah. How did Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did his salah? Our mother Aisha told us that. She explained to us how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Not how he's moving, no, but he's, how is he dealing with salah. She said that when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's sitting with us, he's joking with us, and he's talking to us, and he's smiling with us. And when he hears Salah, calling for Salah, for Iqamah, it looks like that he doesn't know us and we do not know him. Salah. No more. No more. Some of Sahaba, some of Tabi'in, when they pray, they do not know what's going on around them. Abdullah bin Zubair was praying in the masjid the wall of the masjid falls beside him. And he didn't know. He did not know about the wall. Until he made salam, he said, what's going on? The wall falls down. He didn't know. Some other sahaba or tabi'in, Zayn Abidin, Ali ibn Yassir ibn Abi Talib, when he prays, the birds and come and sit on his back. Where he is in sujood. Thinking he is just Another piece of wood in the masjid. Have you ever imagined that a bird will come and put it coming to our backs? Impossible. Impossible. The way we pray is really awful. How many movements? Whether by the body or by the mind. You may see some person who is just standing moving no way, but he is only another is another microphone. Do you see a microphone moving? Have you ever seen a microphone moving during the Salah? No. But the microphone is a microphone. It's not a human being. He's not praying. So there are some people like microphones or like Sari of Masjid. They are standing still. They are not moving, but their hearts are far away. They are not in Salah at all. So we need really to have both. Both of them. The body and the mind. To be in salah. The body, by staying still and moving the way he's supposed to move, also the mind to stay with the salah. When we say, 
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ودوني بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ودوني بسم الحمد لله رب العالمين دوني بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم 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 We not say it by tongue, but we say it's really by action. When it's straight for Imam and he's making extra five minutes between Adan and Iqamah, people say, Let's go. Finish, yani. let's, let's finish our salah. Let's finish. We want to finish. We want to go. To go where? Yani, some people think, well, maybe this guy has an emergency at home. His wife is going to give a birth to baby or something. No. And I told you a story which is really one of the strangest stories I heard about people and Salah. Uh, one of our brothers, he's Imam of a masjid, not this here of course, another masjid in Riyadh. He said there was a man, one of the neighbors of the masjid. And that man really always nagging with the Imam. That's one we're talking about. You are making so much wrong with the Salah, hey Sheikh. Make it short, we are tired of understanding. We are old people and you are, you don't take care of us, you don't care about us. He said, okay. This Imam said, once I left the masjid after Al-Isha, Salah, I found that man who is nagging to him. I found him standing with another guy beside the door of the masjid talking. So I said, okay, fine. I left and I went some, for some work, some things. About four hours later, they came back, about two o'clock at night, because his house is beside the masjid. The Imam. He said, I came, I found a man still standing talking to the other guy. Four hours in his, on his feet. So I said, okay, let's see now. Next day, he said, I came to that old man. I said, Kev Halak, Abu Fulan, how are you? Last night you were uh, talking to someone last night. He said, yes. I said, MashaAllah. Four hours you are standing on your feet and you are not complaining. And ten minutes in our salah you are complaining. What is this? Ishhad. It's true, because the heart in these four hours is available, and he's enjoying talking to that person. But we are not, he was not enjoying the Salah, that's why he's sick of standing so much, of 10 minutes. And he's not sick of standing four hours. When Muhammad sallallahu stands and prays most of the night, all of the night, or all of the night, until his feet bleeding. And Aisha asked him, Ya Rasulullah, why do you do this? Although you have, Allah had already forgiven you, whatever is done, whatever is coming. He said, Ya Aisha, I want to be a thankful person to Allah. Although he's already forgiven, all of his sins is forgiven before and after. Until the end of his life, but still he stands all the night or most of the night until his feet bleed. La ilaha illallah. It's the case that when the heart is with Allah, not with the with dunya. Here now, in our life, most of our times, our hearts are not with Allah That's why we import our problems outside of the message into the message into our salah. While we are supposed to leave all our problems outside of the door of the message. When we get to the masjid, We should turn off our mobiles. 
How many music you hear during Salah? You came to Salah and you came to Mosque. What urgent cause you are waiting for? And if you press him, talking to him, you say, well, I shall forget. MashaAllah. Do you forget to eat? Did you forget your supper today? Did you forget your, your, your uh, breakfast? Did you forget to sleep? No, he never forgets that. But he forgets to turn us off his mobile and he brings it to the masjid to bother himself and bother the others. Believe me, there are some people who make dua on that person who makes a lot of trouble to him in Salah. When he brings all of this music and these problems into the masjid. How many movements he is doing during Salah if his mobile is ringing? He's putting his hand into this and he's act out and Maybe some people will continue not only to turn it off, but to see who is calling. Yes. Well, our brother said, Wallahi, one day I saw a person taking out, during Salah, of course, he's praying now. He took out a calculator. And he calculates during his Salah. La ilaha illallah. Don't be amazed. Because this person, his heart is not here. While Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sahaba, Tabi'een, how was their salah? You forget everything about people. Our, our mother Aisha told us in the Hadith that we just said that when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the salah comes, he, he, he looks like he doesn't know us. His wife, he was sitting with her and joking with her just a few minutes ago, now he doesn't know her. Why? Because he's going to salah. Ali ibn Hussein, when he goes for wudu, for salah, his face becomes yellow. And he starts to shake. So people say, what, what happened to you? What, what happened to you? What's the problem? So don't you understand? Who am I going to stand in front of? I'm going to stand in front of Allah, Tabarak Ta'ala, the creator stand of everything. The one who will have everything for me. The one who can make me happy. Or make me unhappy. Now, we come to the masjid, some of us, unfortunately. So late. We lose one or two rakah, no problem. And while we are praying, we don't know sometimes what we pray, how much we miss. What did we say in our sujood or rukuah? What did we recite? If you ask the people after salah, what did Imam recite? I swear that lots of them they will not know or remember what he recited. We could hear that, but that's... Uh, that's natural, yeah. this is not a question, this is an answer. You say, oh, you recite the Al-Fatiha. Of course you recite the Al-Fatiha. And Imam will, recite, will not recite the Al-Fatiha. Even though I, am, I think that maybe he does, does not recite the Al-Fatiha, nobody knows. Because everybody is busy. Busy with dunya, in their hearts. Not by the body. So, back to our case in here, you know, when, when we say Ruqya, reciting Quran, protecting ourselves, we mean that through protection, through reciting, through reciting. When we recite Quran, when we say the hadith, dua. Have you ever seen the people when they, after, after the salah, they raise hands to make dua? What they say? I'm making dua. And you look at the wrong. What kind of dua is this? What kind of dua is this? He's raising his hand and he's looking around. Is, is he making dua? Or is he just making a habit? He's, he's habitual to. He's habitual to raise hands after Salah and What is he saying? How is he saying? How long it takes? He doesn't know. So, 
if we want to get benefit of Quran and Sunnah and the Dua to cure us from any troubles including magic we have to use them correctly by full attention heart is there but if we use it just as a regular or habitual thing then it's not going to work in for us we are required to have body and mind in every ibadah we are doing if someone makes his salah without niyyah intention is it okay? is it okay? can anybody make salah without intention? cannot be niyyah is a must niyyah is a must without niyyah how are you going to say he is doing the salah or not? what, what salah is doing? al-maghrib or zohr or al-asr or isha is it sunnah or farq? without niyyah so niyyah in here is a must this person sometimes he is making salah without niyyah or he is losing the niyyah during salah because his mind is not there let's see now how are we going to solve this problem that's what we say okay jazakallah khair what you said is correct I have this sometimes I'm losing my attention in salah my mind goes around what's the solution very simple very simple learn how to concentrate in salah learn how to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in front of you not by himself subhanahu wa ta'ala but he is in front of you learn that you are talking to the, the creator of everything we are talking to Allah the greatest subhanahu wa ta'ala how are you going to stand in front of him by body by mind both don't let dunya come with you to the masjid when you come to the masjid throw dunya out including your mobile don't throw your mobile and turn it off turn it off totally no one will call you no emergency call will come to you during salah don't worry salah will not take more than 15 minutes oh no turn it off come to salah that your mind is for salah khalli wali dunya everything your children will not die dunya will not run away from you your risk is still as Muhammad said in his hadith inna ruha al-qudus he means Jibreel alqa fi raw'i anna lan tamuta nafsun hatta tastawfiya rizqaha fattaku allahu ajmilu fattarab meaning of the hadith that Jibreel told me that Muhammad is meaning that every person every human will not die unless he takes all of his risk to the last halala so take it easy take it easy don't jump into dunya take it easy if you pray 15 minutes without any connection with the outside world this will not stop the world and will not stop your risk in fact this salah will make you feel calm so you will go back to the dunya with complete attention but if you are busy dunya in salah when are you going to relax this salah actually made this system al-fajr al-zahr al-asr al-maghrib al-isha to give you a break from headaches of dunya to connect you with Allah so you will be calm you will relax after salah you leave with everything is thrown away then you come to dunya again to fight it no problem but if you are fighting dunya out and end also your headache will continue 
your troubles will continue. And you are not going to get any benefit from Salah. That's, Salah is only one example. I'm not talking about fasting Ramadan, I'm not talking about fasting other days, I'm not talking about Hajj, Umrah, and so on. These are, these are other cases also. But we're talking about Salah because it's a daily thing, which is really a very a fantastic example to be used to show what we are talking about. One of the major cases also, to conclude the death tonight, inshallah, about our life, that we are not created to gather dunya. We are not created to run after the dunya. Allah created us for certain reason to worship Him. And created dunya for us. So we do not leave what we are required to do to do what we are not required to do. But wait. Don't jump to the other side. And say it means, I will say in the message reciting Quran and praying only. I will tell you this is misunderstanding. This is a big mistake on understanding the case of ibadah, worshipping. This is not Christian Rahbaniyyah. No. Islam is with you even if you are in the bedroom. Islam is with you even if you are in the bathroom. Islam is with you in work, with your children, with your family, while you are traveling, driving the car, whatever you are doing in the dunya, Islam is there. And you are doing ibadah if you do this for Allah and the way of Rasulullah, with these two conditions. If you are eating, as an example, you can eat because you are hungry, to satisfy yourself. No problem, inshallah, it's halal, no problem. But you can make this ibadah. By having the intention that you are eating to make your body strong enough for salah. As an example. Then it is ibadah. Worship it. That's why two guys in the same place eating the same food. One of them is worshipping Allah and the other one is eating halal. Add one more. The third one is making sin by eating. How is that? How can we say that a person is eating and he is making a sin? Yes, if he is eating to make his body strong enough to hurt others. He is eating to make his body with a lot of strong and muscles so he will attract women. Intention here is important. He is eating halal, yes. But what is his goal? His goal is to make his body strong enough for salah, for ibadah, for jihad, for so on. Then he is doing ibadah. His intention is just to eat halal because he wants to satisfy his belly button. No problem. Halal, halal, halal. No problem. His intention is to use this to hurt the others, to make his body strong enough to hurt the others. Then he is making a sin. He is a sinful person. Put this in everything, then you will understand what is meant by making the halal actions as ibadah. We are not only required to do this for ourselves, but we are required also to make da'wah to the others. Each one of us is required by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who told us in the hadith, بَلِّغُوا عَنِّي وَلَوْ آيَةِ Even one single ayah, you know the meaning of it? You have to preach it to the others. You have to convey it to the others. It's enough for us. We should be proud that we are carrying the mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to save the world from what they are suffering. Don't be tricked by the kafirin, how much the money they have, how much civilization they say they have. 
لا يغرنك تقلب الذين كفروا في البلاد متاع قليل ثم مأواهم جهنم وبئس المهاد. ذات الله تعالى سبحانه وتعالى اندلاس في آيات ان سورة آل عمران. Even Muslims are poor and tired and sick and so on, but they are the people who are going to save this world if they really do what Muhammad Hassan told them. Upon the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are required, each one of us is required to know this deal of Allah wa ta'ala to practice it, to call for it. By any means. You don't have to be a, a scholar, you don't have to be يعني, big mutawah as they call him, you don't have to be knowing all the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, no. One ayah is enough if you can have. You can give a, a, a bumblet, a booklet, a tape, CD, whatever. Give a link of a, of, of a, يعني, a website which people can get benefit of. How many people really, really benefit the others by giving them just only a website link? And because of that link a lot of people are to this Do you believe? And these are facts by the way. Daily, daily in Rawda Jaliyat office. That's East Priyat. Ten people accept Islam daily. By internet. Not in Riyadh. Some of them are in Australia, United States, Europe, that's it. Ten persons daily, minimum. Ten persons daily, they accept Islam. They wear Catholic, they become Muslims. Just by internet. Now, how many ajr these people are gaining? Unbelievable. These ten people daily, let's say five of them, four of them, two of them, became a fantastic Muslim, they make da'wah also. How much other also they are gaining, and these people, the first who taught them Islam, are gaining also. Subhanallah al Why are we not working in this business? When you say business, alatul money. Business, account. Zero is in the right side of the number one. That's the business. Smart guy is the one who is the, his account in the bank is fatty one. This is the smart guy. They teach us seven habits of the successful persons in the world. And they give you names of Bill Gates, that guy, this guy. They are not successful. They are losers. The successful ones are Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Bakr wa Umar wa Uthman wa Ali wa other sahaba, and whoever follows them in the same way. These are the successful people. Because they are gaining not only 10% of their capital money, they are gaining 700 times of their money, but not money, hasanat. When, he gave, when a person make one hasana, it will be multiplied to 700. 1 to 10, 10 to 700. Sometimes more. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kareem. This is the business. This is the account we are supposed to be worried about. Because the account of dunya, whether it leaves you or you leave it. Just imagine your account is having one plus plenty of zeros behind. This account is not going to be for you always. Whether you leave it, dying. Or it will leave you, losing. How many people are, uh, they lost their money? They were millionaires and they became zeros. And that happened in Riyadh and happened in Mecca also. And we know this story is very careful in the case of share market. They were millionaires and all of a sudden, zeros. And debit also. So dunya, whether you leave it, by death. 
or to leave you. So don't run after. Work for, okay, fine. Work in it. Work in it. No problem. Don't say, well, I'll do like the monks in Buddhism. Stay far away from people and uh, eat nothing or sleep no time. It's not true. Work in life, but don't make it your destiny. Your destiny is Jannah. Your destiny should be Jannah. And you have to work for it. In Jannah, it's not free. Jannah is not free, by the way. We have to work for it. We have to leave a lot of our desires in order to gain Jannah. In this dunya, we have to leave our desires. Lots of our desires. Especially haram desires. When we think it this way, then we will say, this dunya doesn't deserve to give her, to give her any kind of headache. We'll work, we'll live, but as much as we need, but the rest of the time we'll use it for our akhir. Then we will be in the right track of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa How many kinds of food Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa eating? How big is the balance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Go and read the seerah. The last story of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is telling us that he had nine rooms made of mud. Two meters, two meters. This is the palace of Muhammad Two meters we touched the ceiling even. Have you ever found someone living like such a room? Unless he is uh, in poverty, of course. Why? Couldn't Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had a better than that? Yes. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Jibreel alayhi wa sallam to Muhammad to give him a choice. If you want to live all the dunya, plus he will have the other also hadith, he will make Uhud, that mountain of Uhud, as gold for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa He refused. He refused both. He doesn't want to have Uhud, as, uh, the, the, the mountain of Uhud as, as gold for him, and he refused to live in the whole dunya. In the first case, he said, no, I want to live one day hungry, one day full. When I am hungry, I remember Allah, the Barakatah, and ask Him. When I am full, I thank Allah. Do we get hungry sometimes? Do we? I don't think so. I don't think so. You can't find people getting hungry unless there are limited areas where there are problems and so on. But now, most of the people, they eat more than they need. They sleep more than they need. They run more than they are supposed to. Stop running. You are hurting yourself. Cool it down. Why you are running like this? The end of the run is what? Death. So we are running to death. Let's run for what we are supposed to run for. For Akhirah. For Jannah. Take and go to dunya. No problem. Work in dunya. But make it for Akhirah. When you work for work, you're working with the intention of gaining halal money to, to take care of your children, your family, and even to give the poor. Abu Bakr was a rich man, radiallahu anhu Uthman was a rich man, radiallahu anhu Al-Zubair ibn Awwal, Al-Rahman ibn Awf, and so on, sahaba, they were rich. But they used that money the correct way. The money was in their hands, not in their hearts. And there's a big difference between the money which is in the heart and the money in the hand. 
That's the Bible now. The money is in the heart. You cannot take it. If you take the money, you take his heart with him. Masalam, he's dying. But these Sahaba, they had the money in their hand. They throw it like this. And he, Sometimes they sleep with no money in their, their houses. And they know, they said, tomorrow is coming with its own risk. Every day is coming with its own risk. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Bilal, anfiq ya Bilal, wala takhsha min al-arshi iqlala. Send it. Clean it. Tomorrow is coming with its own risk. Every day you are going to get risk. Don't worry. But what we really are supposed to worry about is what we are supposed to work in this dunya, why, you are, why we are created. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ نَتْ لِيَأْكُلُونَ نَتْ لِيَشْرَبُونَ نَتْ لِيَنْكَحُونَ لِيَرْكَبُونَ No. لِيَعْبُدُونَ Worshipping. And worshipping is a wise word as we said before. And we're supposed to really think of it again and again. Jazakum Allah for listening. This just was just to conclude, inshallah, the dust before Hajj. Next week, inshallah, we'll be starting the Hajj, so there's no dust. After Hajj, inshallah, that will be, inshallah, in the 19th of the Hijjah, which corresponds to 15th of November. We'll continue our dars, inshallah, hopefully to see you there. If you have any questions before we close, I'll be happy to hear from you. Thank you.